This week, um, I have to tell you, this is not a pastor's dream to have a week like we had this week. And this morning, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that. I want to take a moment to acknowledge that I realize that a lot of us are in different places. None of us are in the same place. I was taping this week, and in the middle of my taping, I didn't know what was going on, and I received a text from Leah. She's like, BM, you got to see what's happening. So as soon as I finished the taping, I ran to my computer just to look and see, and to my amazement, literally, it seemed as if all hell broke loose. So once again, we are brought to our knees by unprecedented actions that did take place. I want to acknowledge this week for us all is not something I'm necessarily about rehashing. It doesn't matter to me if you're Democrat, if you're Republican, if you're short, if you're tall, if you have purple hair or you don't. It doesn't matter to me because I don't think it matters to God. What I think matters to God is do you love him? Do you love one another? God was not surprised this week. God was not caught off guard. God was not afraid and God was not worried. He is God and he is in the midst of this time. He was in the midst of what went on Wednesday. And in the darkest places, God will shine the brightest. We continue to pray for our country and our leaders. We continue to be a people that are not reactive but prayerful in our response to everyone. We continue to be a people that allows our words and actions to speak life and not death. And we continue to be proactive on our knees and not reactive with our words. Please know that you are not alone. If you're anxious and you're afraid, if you're worried, if you don't even know how to feel, maybe some of you are still sitting there a few days later and you're still numb. I want you to know we love you. You matter. And we care. Lovers Lane loves you. And we are here for you. We are aware of what's going on. But what we know is that our faith tells us and teaches us that God is there. God is present. And he will never leave us or forsake us. And he's not going to start now. Amen. He is not going to start now. So as we continue, I don't think it's by chance that we would be in the midst of this new sermon series called New Normal. Every week feels like a new normal. For some of us, every day feels like a new normal. And then once we get used to that, it feels like we get another new normal. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. 
And I have to be honest with you, church, and friends and family that are watching, I have changed my sermon no less than five times. Because there are no words that feel adequate enough to describe. We've gone from a pandemic to here we are in January seeing things that we never thought we would see. And you think, you know what? You just run out of words. Because words are simply that. There comes a point that our words have to translate into our actions. And our actions for good, not actions for what we think or what we, we feel is happening, but actions that say, am I showing the life-changing love of Christ in everything I do? Are my words saying that? Are my actions showing that? And I've had to ask myself, are my words speaking life or are my words speaking death? Am I letting my anxiety or my anger or my fear get in the way of what God is trying to do? Because he's still God. Today we're going to talk about a gentleman named Naaman. Naaman. And if you have your Bibles with you, I would like you to turn to 2 King 5, and we're going to start at verse 1. 2 King 5. And maybe you know this story really well. This is a story about a healing in a way that no one could have imagined. Starting in verse 1, it says, Naaman, a general for the king of Aram, was a great man and highly regarded by his master, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. This man was a mighty warrior, but he had a skin disease. Naram man raiding parties had gone out and captured a young girl from the land of Israel. She served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, I wish that my master could come before the prophet who lives in Samaria. He would cure him of his skin disease. So Naaman went and told his master what the young girl from the land of Israel had said. Then Aram's king said, go ahead, I will send a letter to Israel's king. So Naaman left. He took along ten kakars of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. I'm a little concerned there's no shoes in that, Don. He brought the letter of Israel's king. It read, along with this letter, I'm sending you my servant Naaman, so you can cure him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he ripped his clothes. He said, what? Am I God to hand out death or life? But this king writes me asking me to cure someone of his skin disease. You must realize that he wants to start a fight with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that Israel's king had ripped his clothes, he sent word to the king, why did you rip your clothes? Let the man come to me, then he'll know that there's a prophet in Israel. Naaman arrived with his horses and chariots. He stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent out a messenger who said, go and wash seven times in the Jordan River, then your skin will be restored and become clean. But Naaman went away angry 
He said, I thought for sure that he'd come out, stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the bad spot and cure the skin disease. Aren't the rivers in Damascus and Abana and the far, far better than all of Israel's waters? So see, he didn't want to dip in this, Jordan. This was beneath him a little. Couldn't I wash in them to get clean? So he turned away and proceeded to leave in anger. Naaman's servants came up to him and spoke to him, Our father, if the prophet had told you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? All he said to you was wash and become clean. So Naaman went down and bathed in the Jordan seven times, just as the man of God had said. His skin was restored like that of a young boy, and he became clean. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So see, there's a whole lot going on in this story. We could really preach on this story for a month. There's so many different aspects. But there's a few that I really want to touch on today. But it does remind me of a song when I was a kid. I don't know if any of you remember, but it went, Naaman the leper went down into Jordan seven times. And he came up shouting, O Lord. I see no change. Anybody remember that? And then you get it, you sing it like seven times, but then when you get to the seventh time, you go, Naaman the leper went down into Jordan seven times, and he came up shouting, Oh God, I see a change. On that seventh time. I'll be thinking about that all week. I've been singing that in my head. The story, though, isn't just about healing that took place. This story has the best of a lifetime movie. It has lots and lots of power and ego and surprise and wealth and not so wealthy humility and guidance from the ones you least expect. It all begins with a servant girl who is taken from her own country and now is a servant girl to this particular man in charge, Naaman's wife. And she sees this disease that Naaman has. And more than likely, it's leprosy. And if you know anything about leprosy, there's a stigma that comes with that. So they would put you at the city gate out of the way because they didn't want that to spread. A lot of times, leprosy will also have where skin just begins to fall off. So there was a stigma. It was ugly. It wasn't pretty. It was an unclean unclean feeling and it was an unclean look to those that were around so a very powerful man having this stigma of something is wrong something is dirty something is not right Naaman's a pretty big deal not only is he favored by the master the king but he's strong and he's powerful and he has been given the authority, right? That he's taken over the country. That's why this servant girl is working for his wife. The servant girl comes to the wife and says, hey, I know how to fix this. I know who can fix this. All you have to do is get him to Elisha. Well, then he goes to the king. The king is like, yeah, somebody that knows somebody, I'll send a letter. I'm not sure what happens with the king while he starts pulling his clothes off and going crazy. Lots of aspect to that. 
But what we do know is that word gets to Elisha. This is where it gets good. Naaman leaves and he takes gold and he takes silver and he takes clothes because wealth is what he wanted to show he had and give and say thank you. Sometimes money can't buy it all though. And it gets really interesting because what happens next is the Bible says that Naaman pulls up and Elisha doesn't even come out to him. Elisha sends a messenger to him. So now all of a sudden, not only have you not bothered to even darken and acknowledge that I'm here, the powerful man that I am, but you send a messenger to tell me I've got to go to the Jordan River and dunk seven times. You know the rivers where I live are far cleaner. They're far better, but you want me to go to the Jordan and you want me to go and bathe in it seven times. Yeah. And when you do, you will be healed. And so instead of doing that, Naaman is mad. He leaves mad and probably ego stepped in, right? The Bible says he goes down to the Jordan. He descended down to the Jordan. He had to walk down to the Jordan. Can you imagine that journey to, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. This is not what this is supposed to be about. Is this all just a bunch of mess? What is happening? But here's an interesting point. Ego and obedience do not have time for each other. Ego and obedience do not have time for each other. You either get out of your own way or you listen. And you know that when you listen, the leprosy has a tendency to go away. We have the free will to decide, but we can't do both. God allows us the free will to decide, am I going to do it my way, feel the way I feel, think what I want to think, or am I going to stop in this moment and listen to what God is trying to say to me? Am I going to do what I know I should be doing? We have to decide, are we going to completely believe and be obedient, or are we going to let our egos and our pride dictate the rest of our lives? I can choose to be the healthiest. I can be mentally, spiritually, and physically, or I can just live into my own ego. And probably by this point, when you read a lot of commentary on this, you read that no telling how long Naaman had been at this point. And it just kept getting worse because what we know is that leprosy eats away at the skin. So it doesn't just stop in one place. It will begin to spread. Disease doesn't just stop in one spot. Do you hear me? It spreads. And not only will it spread in your life, but it will begin to spread in others' lives. I can choose to listen to those around me that I know have spiritual depth and that care about me, or I can keep doing it my way. And that isn't working so well. And when I fully surrender to God and listen, it's amazing the healing that will happen. And then, sometimes to fully understand healing, you have to have patience. To fully 
understand healing, you have to have patience. Seven times in the Jordan seems like a lot. How many of us feel like we keep listening to the Holy Spirit and we keep doing the same thing over and over again to no avail? How many times did we watch Wednesday in the news and we watched every day since and we keep feeling like we're praying and we're believing and we're praying and we're believing that our country will be, will be united and we feel like every time we get there to no avail. Well, do it again. And if God says do it, do it again. And you do it again. And you pray again and you believe again and you do it again and again and again and again and here's the interesting part about when you do it again and again and you're listening and you know that God says go dip in the Jordan seven times and you don't want to and your want to has done walked out the door because you're so tired and worn out from the past few months or whatever is happening in your life, your new normal will not be normal forever, will not be new forever. Your new normal will not be new forever. When Naaman washed in the Jordan seven times, on the seventh time, he came out with a new normal. A normal that was life-changing to him. And in that moment, Naaman never had to worry about his flesh falling off or the stigma that came with that disease. But Naaman did have to walk into the realization of his new normal and knowing that God had healed him. Now what do you do? Your new normal will not be new forever. For one day it will just be normal. Then guess what? There will be another new normal that comes along. Naaman now has the opportunity as a rich and powerful man to share the new normal that has changed his life. Not everything that is new is bad. It feels bad. It feels different. We are creatures of habit. And when you break our habits, it's hard to change. We all have the opportunity to tell the world that God has done it, what God has done in our lives. And what it means to live in that new normal, even though it's new to us right now. And it won't be tomorrow. We get the opportunity it's not a chore. It's an opportunity to share the life-changing love of Christ to people that need to know that being in this new place isn't always a bad thing. For when we're in that new place, it draws opportunity of growth, just like it did for Naaman. Naaman had seen it all. He wasn't afraid of anything. Naaman was Naaman. He had fought battles that none of us could imagine. He had more money than you could imagine. He had seen it all, and yet nothing he had or could do could get rid of the skin disorder that he had. 
then he got the opportunity to come up shouting, Lord, I see a change. Lord, I see a change. Lord, it's gone. And not only is it gone, but my skin is the skin of a young man. For once again, like we talked about last week, when God does something, he doesn't do it halfway. Not only is it gone, there is no scars left. For my skin hasn't looked this good in a long time. God is still God, and some of us feel like we are walking, ascending down to the Jordan. And we feel like we have stepped in that cold water. When you know our bathtub that's far warmer would be way better. But God has said, no, I want you to dip seven times. I want you to know. Now, could have Elisha just healed him instantly? Absolutely. We know that. But there was something, there was something, some reason, somehow God was moving. And it wasn't just about the skin. It was about the lesson. And right now, more than ever, our country, and some of us, it feels like we've got leprosy. It feels as if our skin is falling off and what is happening. And God says over and over and over, descend down to the Jordan and dip seven times. Descend down to the Jordan seven times. We're in that place where we can choose to live in our ego. We can choose to live into what we know. And you may not even be wrong, but being right or wrong right now is not even the point. Listen, if my life says more about what and who and when and where I vote, and it doesn't tell you more that I am a child of God, I'm doing something wrong. Because what I want the world to know first and foremost about me and who I am is that Jesus Christ lives within me and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For that's who we all are first and foremost. We're not even about being cured. We're about what God did for our life. For nothing we do really matters anyway because it's all about what he has done and what he will continue to do. For this new normal won't be new forever. So what will you choose to do with this new normal? Father, we don't have all the answers. 
we don't always understand. Even though we read everything we can find, we quote every favorite pastor or blog we listen to or read. And yet still, we walk by faith, not by sight. For you have proven over and over and over and over is that every day brings us a new day, a new normal to know, God, that you are still moving and that you are still God. So, Father, we want to keep descending to the Jordan. We are listening. We are listening for we know... Father, this disease of hate and hurt and fear and anxiety is simply that. For God, where you are, perfect love cast out all fear, all anxiety, all hurt. We walk by faith, God. We stand as a child of God. Not living in fear, but knowing that you have parted that sea for us. And your precious and your holy name.